The scripture reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 23, verses 44 through 49, page 748 in the Pew Bibles in front of you. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun had stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance and watched these things. Let's pray together, please. Holy Father, this morning we reflect on what it means for your son to have been crucified. Father, we talk about physical pain that he experienced. We talk about the sin that was placed upon him. We talk about his separation from you. Father, we we think of all the things that Jesus endured. We think even about his coming into flesh from being like you. God, all these things make us take seriously this morning what has been done on our behalf. I think, Father, about the things that we discussed here and the passages that I've read recently about Jesus wrestling with all of this and experiencing the garden, his agony. Him, him praying to the point where blood came from his pores. Father, I pray that this morning you'd help us all to in our, our inner selves, our, our inner spirits, to just be able to think about what this means for each of us. And especially, Father, as we look forward to next week, and what it means for Jesus to have risen from the grave to new life. It's through him that we pray these things. Amen. Last week, there were some things that I used to try and show a little bit um, to draw attention to some of the events that Jesus experienced. If you'll remember, I... I took, first of all, a pillow, and I made reference just to the fact that Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, was praying and found the disciples asleep. And the text specifically says that the reason they were sleeping was that they were exhausted from sorrow. 
They were exhausted from the sorrow of thinking about what was going to happen to Jesus. Even the passage that Steve read this morning during the Lord's Supper uh, made clear the fact that there was something horrific that was being anticipated here. That Jesus himself was knew exactly what was happening and he was wrestling with this. And the disciples were getting inkling after inkling, more than just hints from Christ, where he was saying to them, I'm going to have to die. And they were sorrowful over what they were hearing, wondering what this might actually be like. And so I, I use this pillow to just say he, he found them sleeping. But we are not to sleep. This is not the time for sleep. Jesus says that to them. This is not the time for sleep. In fact, we saw last week that there was a battle that was about to be waged. That's why they took up arms. That's why someone lost an ear that had to be put back on. Because someone had a sword and was ready to go to battle on behalf of Jesus. So we talked about that. And then I talked about um, the fact that they were on the Mount of Olives. That the word Gethsemane is related to the notion of a, an olive press. And so I filled this little container here with olive oil. And then in that, I put some red coloring to signify the blood coming out of the pores of Jesus. And then I had this knife as well. And the notion of the knife, someone came up to me afterwards, by the way, and said, you need to put that away so the little kids don't get hold of it. And they were right. So I did put it away. It hasn't been sitting out here all week. But the knife was to signify the notion of the cutting off. Both of the disciples and Jesus, there was a relationship there that for at least a time, they were going to be cut off from him until the day he would say things like, I'm preparing a place for you and you'll come and be with me. But for a while they would be cut off from him. And then also it signifies the cutting off of the son from the father, which is going to happen. And Jesus was feeling the weight of that cutting off in the garden so significantly. Let this cup pass from me, he says. Because he doesn't want to have to endure what it is that he is going to endure. So we used some of those things last week to just talk about the anticipation of Jesus about what was going to happen to him very soon. This week, we have the, the typical symbol and yet it works uh, so perfectly. This cross, <laughs> it's an old rugged cross, which we just sang about. And it, obviously for Christians, represents what it is that Jesus endured. David Bailey said to me this morning, I don't know that it's a, cross shaped just like that one that Jesus was crucified on. And that's true. I, we don't know for sure that it was a cross like this. It could have been a cross like this. It could have just been a single post on which Jesus was crucified. We don't know for sure. What we do know is this, that the text says that he was crucified, which was an absolutely horrific death. As bad as anything that you can imagine. 
And we know that Jesus did that for the sake of each one of us. We know that it's our sins that Jesus takes on himself and for that reason endures such agony. We know that it's our sins that are nailed to this cross. Those are your sins. Those are my sins. That are being nailed to this cross. I don't think the nails were necessarily shaped like those. They may have been uh, far rougher. Probably shaped in a different way than these. But maybe of the same size. Maybe a hammer like this was used. wouldn't surprise me. They found hammers like these that were used by the Romans to pound in nails and to crucify. But three nails put into a, a cross doesn't really signify in any way what it was that Jesus endured. And so what I want to do this morning is to have a few of you come up and put some nails in. Because we have not just three people, of course, but lots of people who have, whose sins are being nailed to the cross. We can't put in 220 or whatever it is, nails this morning into the cross, but we can put a few. And I want us to put a few in for the different uh, people that are represented here this morning. And so, Ryan, I'd like for you, I know that you can pound a nail. I'd like for you to come, if you would, and to please put a nail in our cross. And as Ryan Nickel does this, I'd like us to be just recognizing and maybe even praying about while he comes and puts this nail in the cross about the fact that we have young families, young fathers with young children. And young fathers need to be forgiven of their sins by Jesus Christ. They need to be the kind of persons who will teach their children about the sacrifice of Jesus and what Jesus does for their children. And so you can go ahead and put that Nail in. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. And then I'd like for somebody who is maybe at a different place in life to come and put a nail in for me. Terry, could you come and put a nail in for me? Terry Harkness is a person who came to the Lord somewhat late in life. But came and came to the Lord as a person who has committed himself to Jesus and knows that his sins also have been nailed to the cross. And I'm grateful that he does that. I'd like to have a teenager who would come and put a nail in here. Lisa, could you come and put a nail on the cross for me, please? I'd appreciate that. I was 14 when I realized that Jesus died for me. I'd never really heard the message before about Jesus. I was just a teenager. And so I know that teenagers, look at that. She knows what she's doing. 
I know that teenagers can make serious decisions about what it means to come to Jesus Christ and to give his or her life to him. And that's happened. Now, we've got some diversity in our congregation this morning. We've got people from all over the world who meet here on a regular basis on a Sunday morning. I'd like to to have someone come who would maybe put put a nail in to represent uh, our African brothers and sisters. Mana, could you come and put a nail in for me, please? I would appreciate that. JP, would you come and put a nail in for me? Not only is JP a teenager, but he's got roots in the Philippines. And so we could have JP come and put a nail in for us too. Thanks, Manna. Now you realize you're going to have to do this at least as well as Lisa. Good job. Way to go. Thank you very much. I appreciate the participation. There are some of you here this morning, it's possible, who've not yet had your sins nailed to the cross of Jesus. And I want to encourage you today to do so. It's the most important, most meaningful, most significant event in which you could ever participate. It's the most important decision that you will ever make in your life to give yourself fully to Jesus Christ as your Lord. One of the things that needs to happen, though, in the process is that you recognize that your sins really are being nailed here. What that means is that when sins are nailed here, they hang nowhere else. They don't hang in your life. They don't hang in your heart. Because the grace of Christ has washed those sins away. And that's something that some of you need. And I want to encourage you this morning to participate in that in your heart, the nailing of your sins to the cross of Jesus. If you want to know how to do that, I'd love for you to come and talk to me this morning about how that can happen in your life. Well, that's one symbol that I wanted to use this morning to kind of indicate and help us to remember the notion of Jesus dying on the cross for us and what he experienced, what we experience, the nailing of our sins. But there's another thing that I want to do this morning Uh, which it will last for just a few minutes, so don't be alarmed or anything. But I want us to experience uh, in our auditorium this morning some darkness. Okay? And so if you would turn the lights off and shut the door, I would appreciate that. Thanks, bud. When Jesus was crucified, one of the things that happened was that darkness came over the land. 
And I've wrestled with exactly why the darkness was there. Was the darkness there because the light of the world was temporarily being extinguished? Was the darkness there because Satan, for a moment, thought that he had won? Looked like he did. Was the darkness there because Jesus had to endure the sins of the world and for the first time God was associated with sin in a way like he had never been before? Darkness was over the land because the one who had come into the world as the very incarnation of God was having to endure death and pain and suffering. We could come up with more reasons. But the point is, is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, sin and the darkness that was there because of sin was being dealt with. And maybe it was Satan's last ditch effort to try and Extinguished the light of the world. But it wasn't going to work. And the darkness did not last. Again, for some of you, there has been darkness in your own lives. You probably know it. No one else does. The reason that Jesus died was to take away this darkness. To nail your sins to the cross. To give you new life. And so we can turn the lights back on. I don't want to talk a whole lot about new life this morning because new life comes next week. But I do want us to recognize the darkness of sin that Jesus dealt with. And the way that his cross did something with that darkness and with our sins. Let's pray. Holy Father, we've had an occasion this morning to give things on behalf of others. Shoes. But God, we only do that because of what Jesus has done for us, what he continues to do. Father, we know that our sins, through the agony of Christ, have been nailed to the cross. We know that you showered down rich blessings on us like we couldn't fathom. And for all these things today, we are more than just grateful. Words can't express our appreciation, our love, our devotion, our faith, our commitment to you. Father, for anyone here who hasn't given his or her life to you like that, I pray today, I pray that you'd give them faith, understanding. Help them to devote their hearts, their lives, 
to you. And for those of us this morning, God, who need renewal, who need to be crucified ourselves again today, I pray that you would bring that to us and renew us. Father, thank you for these remembrances about what Christ has done. We look forward, God, over the next week to to thinking about the experience of resurrection and new life. We praise you. We give you honor and glory. It's through Jesus that we pray. Amen.